Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hey everyone, welcome to A Good Football Show. I am Matt Straub and today we are bringing you part two of our NFL mock draft. It'll be picks 17 through 32 as we finish out the first round. I'm joined by Thor Nystrom and Hayden Winks. Guys, right off the top, I want to say I've heard from the league office, and we're instituting a couple important rules changes here, rule changes here. Number one, we're going from a two-minute timer last week to 90 seconds per pick here, so we need extreme focus. And last week, I know I said if you use up your timer, you would auto-draft a kicker. This week, the stakes are raised. You're getting a long snapper. So let's not fool around here with, the, with these with these picks, okay? You guys ready to do this? Let's, let's do, it. do it. Okay. Quickly recapping the first 16 picks from last week. If you missed it, we went and we had Hayden on the odds, Thor on even number picks. That'll be the same deal today. But we did have a couple trades. But down the line, Trevor Lawrence... Zach Wilson, Justin Fields, there was a trade there. Trey Lance, Panay Sewell, Kyle Pitts, Jamar Chase, Jalen Waddle went eighth. Patrick Sertan, the second, went ninth to Atlanta, I think, right? Yeah. After a trade. Caleb Farley went tenth. Aziz Ojolari went eleventh, an absolute stunner pick by Hayden to the Giants. <laughs> Devontae Smith went twelve. Uh, Rashawn Slater, thirteenth to the Chargers. Christian Derisaw, Thor was devastated there. Ended up with him. He wanted Slater at 14 to Minnesota. 15, Hayden got what turns out to be an incredible value on Mac Jones to New England. <laughs> we, we didn't know it at the time, but man, that, that one looks different now. And J.C. Horn went 16th to Thor and the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, before we get started, guys, quickly, any regrets? Uh, anything you'd do differently if you were given the time machine option with those in, any of those first 16 picks? Not me. Uh, the, the only thing is, you were talking about talking to the league office. It appears that the NFL like watched our podcast last week, how diplomatic we were being with the trades. They very quickly did the, the swaps themselves. It, we, we saw our first three-team NFL trade with all the draft picks. So it, it's, it's cool to see that we have fans in the league office. <laughs> I mean, for, for me, Mac Jones is going to probably go higher. I mean, we have him at 15th. I, I don't want to call that his floor because we've seen crazier things happen. But for right now, it seems more like he's going to be between pick three and pick nine with the Broncos, somewhere in that that range. Maybe the Patriots have to come up. Um, I'm still anticipating some moves. I think that if the Falcons don't move down at pick four, then I think maybe the Bengals will. Um, and I think we're going to see some more movement here. Thor just 
basically can't say anything about this Mac Jones thing. I think you're just speechless at this point, Thor. <laughs> Yeah, it, it yeah, it's frustrating it, it, a little bit, you know, like cuz I I tend to think that uh, that a lot of this stuff is smoke screens cuz I I don't believe that he's a top 3 player, top 5 player, top 10 player or a top 15 player. But, you know, it's the tide seems to be going one way right now, uh, no pun intended. But uh, you know, I mean like we, we've seen this in the past couple of years how smoke screens have been used to help facilitate teams getting the guy they actually want. So, you know, I'm still under the impression with Mac Jones that if if the 49ers actually really wanted him, they would not have told everyone that they wanted him after making that trade, but before going to his pro day. I, I don't think he's the guy at three. In fact, I think it's going to be Trey Lance if, if I was to put a prediction out there right now. Yeah, when I, when I did like my rapid reaction, I had it at Lance and then Mac Jones and then like a distance would be th- Justin Fields and Justin Fields, it seems like he's like actually going to be falling a little bit, which is crazy to me. I think he's quarterback too. Thor, you think he's quarterback too? I do. I mean, we watched that Ohio State Clemson game. I mean, and Justin Fields came into college football as like the number two recruit. Like, I, I, I don't understand this at all. But right now, it seems like he could easily fall out of the top five. Um, in fact, that might be even the most likely scenario at, at this point. Very few people are saying it's going to be Justin Fields at that third spot to the 49ers. Most people either think it's going to be Trey Lance or Mac Jones. And then I think people on Twitter who just think Justin Fields is the best think that the 49ers are going to take him, which is definitely still possible. But there's there's been so many little reports on Justin Fields that I, I, I'm starting to believe that he actually is going to fall. Not too far, but like maybe closer to pick eight than pick three. I think it was that subpar 40 time at his pro day that really, <laughs> yeah, exactly. really hurt his stock. <laughs> <laughs> The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. If a friend asks how you're doing, and you say, I'm okay. When the truth is, I don't want my problems to burden anyone. Or you say, Hang it in there. Because, If I ask for help, They'll just think I'm weak. Then this is your sign to call, text, or chat. 988 for free, confidential support. Anytime. You don't have to hide how you feel. All right, we're going to start the clock. Hayden is on the clock for the Las Vegas Raiders. So Hayden definitely has a plan here at number 17. 90 seconds begins now. Hayden, do you know where you're headed? Yeah, I'm just going to take this full 90 seconds and go with the top long snapper on the board here. Uh, <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, this Raiders offseason was very strange to me. They found a decent amount of upgrades on the defensive line. They've tried at linebacker. They've tried at corner. But they got rid of their a lot of their offensive line, and particularly at right tackle. So I'm going to go with the top right tackle on the board. That's Tevin Jenkins. And I think that Tevin Jenkins' film is definitely the type of film that John Gruden is going to love. 
Um, so they need a free safety. They need a, possibly a guard to fill in Richie Incognito. I think that Brandon Parker, who's a third rounder in 2018, I'm not sure if they really view him as the starter. They might say he's the starter, but they they signed Trent Brown after uh, drafting Brandon Parker. So that's that indicates to me that he's not viewed as a long-term starter. So I think they find a long-term starter at right tackle, and that'll be Tevin Jenkins. All right. And I should clarify, by the way, if you proactively dr- uh, draft a long snapper, you're exempt from your first auto draft of a long okay, snapper. Okay, good. There's a lot of rules. <laughs> well, in the league office, that's what they said. They said, we're going to be making some changes for the second half, so just be ready. Uh, Fair enough. All right. We now have Thor and I believe the Dolphins on the clock at 18. Now, the, the trade that happened in real life between uh, the trades that happened have not affected our draft order here, we should say. No, but we did We did trade down with the Dolphins. I mean, when we started the episode last week, the Dolphins were picking third, and we made that trade down with them. In our mock, they picked eighth, and they got Waddle. In real life, they'll be picking sixth. We'll, we'll see who they end up with. But since they do have Jalen Waddle uh, that we've already taken – during this, um, we, we've filled the wide receiver need. So we, we don't have to um, go back to that. Offensive tackle is another need area for them. Tevin Jenkins probably would be you know the top tackle on the board. Um, I think right here we're going to address our edge rushing need because I think this edge rushing class, you know, like if, if you're in Miami's spot right here, you're looking at the board. The edge rushing class is lighter than the offensive tackle and, and interior offensive because Miami probably needs to. Um, but both of those positions, I feel – with with this enormous amount of draft capital that they've picked up, day two is going to be very fruitful grounds for drafting immediate help on the offensive line, I think, in, in this year's draft. Whereas with edge, once you get beyond the first couple guys, there's a big drop. And and some people would say that even the first couple guys are, you know, are not guys that would compare in, you know, to the, the top edge rushers of the past classes. So I'm going to go with Quiddy Pay here. I mean, like you want to add a high octane athlete uh, to the edge of of your defense to get after the quarterback. This is a guy who is an ascending talent. He's improved every single year that he's been at Michigan. He plays really low, fires off the ball low. Um, and it's just a ludicrous athlete. He was the number one uh, Bruce Feldman freak, you know, in his past or whatever. And then he he's already done his his pro day workout and he tested as like a nine seven Raz. You know, he's like in the ninety seventh percentile size adjusted. Um, so just a freak, ludicrous athlete. You know, you probably put him at the top of the edge class right now. Although you know you could differ. You know, there's a couple guys there, but I, I think he would fit well in Miami. Yeah, the edge class, there's not a top 10 overall type prospect, but I think that you're going to get like, what, five or six between picks, what, 11 and 45. And then that after that, that's when you kind of see the drop off. But a, a lot of these guys are just big measurable guys with average production or just like missing production entirely. So there's not going to be any consensus with these top guys. We, we haven't seen it yet um, in any of the the big boards, any of the, the mock drafts. Everyone's still trying to figure out who the top edge is. That's why I drafted... Aziz Ojuliari so early. Um, and I still think that he can be like a top 20 pick. But yeah, we're still waiting on how the edge class is going to shake up. And Quiddy Pay is definitely at the top of that list. How are things looking in the Washington football team draft room, Hayden? Because you're on the clock. Thor timed out his 90 seconds basically perfectly. We've got you at about 20 seconds left. Do you know where you're going with this? Yeah, I'm going to go Rashad Bateman. And they have Curtis Samuel. They have Terry McLaurin. They have a lot of speed because those guys are both 4-3 guys. Antonio Gibson's a 4-3 guy. They need some size. And if they're not going to be investing into their quarterbacks, which they basically can't do this year, why don't you let Ryan Fitzpatrick go out there and just sling the ball around 
They have all these pass-catching weapons. Rashad Bateman could be that big physical X receiver that they need. Let Terry McLaurin win on the outside. Let Curtis Samuel do those underneath little drags, some stuff out of the backfield, and let Rashad Bateman kind of develop. And if you want to move on from McLaurin or from Curtis Samuel in two, three years, Rashad Bateman can be your number one receiver. This this Washington football team quickly becoming red zone darlings. I mean, th- this is going to be must-see TV if we add Bateman to this mix, Thor. And they already have the best defensive line in the league, too. So this, I, I think this Washington team's like pretty legit. I'm just upset with Hayden for stealing Bateman from me. Um, I was going to take him, well, probably with the, the Titans pick, but I thought for sure in this mock draft I would be t- the one taking Bateman. So sort of upset with Hayden for sniping me again. You let you let that one out, though, Thor. We've been talking about Bateman for weeks. It's just now he's on everyone's radar now. Yeah. You know, and, and just to speak to the pick, I like it. Um, you know, I like I have been talking about Bateman for weeks. And, and to me, he is a mid first round, you know, in from the, the middle of the first round to the early 20s. That That's where I see him as as a prospect. I have him as wide receiver for he's an outside true number one X kind of receiver. And last year at Minnesota, they forced him into the slot because that's the way they like to play, um, you know, with who they consider their most reliable uh, receiver. Tyler Johnson was a guy that had done that a couple years beforehand. Um, but when you see Bateman in 2019 on the outside um, at Minnesota, he was just dominant. Um, the, the way that he runs routes, like his combination of feet, which are just odd, like he used to play basketball. And so it's like coming off, uh, you know, off of the snap, it's like he's crossing people over, you know, and like with the footwork, it's he just has awesome footwork. And and then on the routes as well, like he, he just consistently has cornerbacks uh, just, you know, on their heels and, and turning the other way. And um, he's always open. So I, I, I like the pick a lot. Um, and this is the range to me that, that Bateman should be going. Thor, I'm Googling top long snappers 2021 oh, no. NFL draft because <laughs> no, the Bears don't. are Bears need to get this card in. Okay, how many how much time do I have left? Just let's just say make the pick. Well, okay, so you know, obviously the, all the quarterbacks are gone. Uh, we 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 need some offensive line help though. I'm going to go Elijah Vera Tucker, who's who's fallen a little bit in in our exercise. At least he would be a good value play here for a team that needs multiple starters on the offensive line. I know the Bears fans might be crying because the five quarterbacks have gone above them, and it's one year of Andy. Dalton and you don't know what's going to happen after that but this is the way that the board fell and you know you you make lemonade out of the lemons and, and we're going to take a guy who's one of the best players overall on the board right now at an acute position of need so we're going to take Elijah Vera Tucker from USC yeah you're not going to hear me argue against any USC Trojans going inside the top 20 right on <laughs> Well, Hayden, the Colts have about a minute left to pick at number 21 where are we headed with this one well, the Colts are interesting because they have two picks inside the top uh, three rounds, and they have two glaring needs at left tackle and at edge rusher. So it's pretty much they're going to take one in the first round and then the other one in the second round. There's basically no other reason to pick any other position outside of those two. So all the left tackles are basically off the board. I'm going to go with the edge rusher, and I like Jalen Phillips. And four, five, six, forty at 256 pounds. 80th percentile production at Miami. There is some weirdness going on in his, his like overall profile. Uh, Thor, do you have like any explanations on Jalen Phillips? What was going on at UCLA? Why was he like such a late breakout? Kind of just like go over his profile for me. Yeah, he was obviously a ballyhooed kid. I mean, like when he was, I think he was the number one edge rusher in his class, five star prospect, etc. Um, but he had injury, major injury, like career threatening injury type. Uh, concerns and he briefly actually retired from football that's like it's it's incredible that he's in this class and very well maybe a first round pick because I mean there was a time I mean you know sort of like uh, last summer with Journey Brown you know for the Penn State kid where I mean like we had him you know 
some, I mean, Dame Brugler, I think had him as, as RB one, I, I, over the summer, I, w- I probably would have had him three or four. Um, but anyway, I mean like, you know, an awesome prospect. And then he just abruptly medically retires. Um, and that's what we thought we were going to see with Phillips. And then he ends up, uh, you know, transferring across the country and he has gotten healthy and, this past season, you saw everything from him that we thought we were going to see when he went to UCLA originally. Um, just the explosion off the edge. He became a really scary player. And that's what we thought we were going to see before. Like I said, you know, the, the athleticism, the length coming off of the edge, getting after quarterbacks. And if he can stay healthy going forward and if he has a dedication to football, which, you know, it seems like he does. It's, you know, the, that period of time of, of his life, you know, that we're talking about that must have been a really sort of confusing time because Jalen Phillips, his entire life has been sort of a prodigy. And, you know, it's, it's one of the, probably similar to the moment that journey Brown had where a doctor comes in and says, you're not playing again. Um, and so like, that must've been a tough time, but he, you know, got medically cleared and then, you know, came back with his head screwed on straight and just dominated last year. So he, he's a really interesting story and he's a really interesting eval and profile because we don't know what his medicals are. Obviously um, Hayden and I did stay in a holiday and express last night, but we are not doctors. Um, and then also, you know, as far as like this, the psychological profile goes, like how much does this kid want, you know, want to improve, play football long-term, et cetera. If I had those two things signed off on, he's a first round talent just because of his toolbox, just because of his body, the, the way that he moves athleticism. Um, he, he's got a real gift for it. Matt, it seems like Thor's going to be taking a long snapper here. Oh, yeah. no. Yeah. I tricked you. I thought that was on Hayden's pick. Okay. Um, <laughs> okay, so we're on Tennessee now, right? Tennessee. Now, you, I, I, was, I was holding up the clock, but you were so into your commentary, you didn't see it. Uh, oh, no. Thor, you, you, wanted a, you talked about a wide receiver. Is that the direction the Titans are going to go here, even though they didn't get Rashad Bateman? Yes, they are. Uh, I'm going to take uh, Terrace Marshall here, which maybe may be a little bit of bias because some people might think this, you know, maybe Kadarius Tony would be a guy that they would look at here. Um, you know, a Swiss Army knife kind of a guy. I have some reservations about him. Uh, Marshall's a guy who he's not yet a number one receiver. Like he's below Bateman like right now. Um, but the things that he offers, he can project to be that potentially. The one thing you get with him right now is he's a super long kid that gets down the field. He's got awesome speed and he knows how to get down the field. Um, he, he does that and he catches the ball down the field. That stuff is great. And then he also, like Bateman, he was forced into the slot this past season. Um, and he showed some more route running and Christmas crispness of movement uh, in the intermediate area that, that, you know, you start to think maybe he can become a better route runner. That's the stuff we're going to have to see in the NFL because we want to see him be able to win in the intermediate area consistently because then teams can't just, you know, cornerbacks can't just sit dead right on on the deep stuff, which we know he's going to be very good at. Yeah, it's really interesting with the receiver class real quick is after Bateman and Marshall, the outside receiver class is not very good. And there's a lot of slot options, a lot of guys that weigh 175 pounds that are pretty intriguing. But outside of that, there's not too many guys that you can have it, that even have a chance to go line up at X receiver in the NFL. So I wonder if Bateman and Marshall are going to be more of uh, late first round picks than like top of the second round picks, just because like we talk about how deep this wide receiver class is, but it's deep at like the slot positions, less so at like true X receiver. These guys with, with size, I wonder if they're going to be 
kind of pushed up the board a couple spots and what other people are projecting. Totally agree. And and just one other note on that, Nico Collins, who's one of the other very few guys that you could potentially project that he's, he'd be a, a one or two levels below Marshall, but he tested awesome at, at Michigan's pro day. He's a kid that opted out last year and he had extremely inconsistent quarterback play the two years before that. If anyone's familiar with Shea Patterson's work, uh, but Nico Collins is a very big, well, well-built kid on the outside. Uh, we already knew he had deep speed and he tested with the, I believe uh, second best three con time if you combine the last three wide receiver class I think it was behind only Denzel Mims so th- th- that was super eye-opening so, so another kid there to to keep an eye on that I, I believe will be a riser I, I think he's a round two possibility at this point the New York Jets with the 23rd pick are selecting Hayden who I'm gonna go linebacker Micah Parsons and he kind of fell here and I think that there is some kind of unknowns with him some of the off the field stuff that he's probably going to be answering in some of these, these interviews at the pro days and the the zooms and all that stuff, but they need a need. And I, the one thing about uh, Michael Parsons, he can rush the quarterback a little bit too. And the jets definitely need an edge rusher. And they've been kind of shopping CJ Mosley, their linebacker currently on the roster that they, they paid well. So I'm not convinced that that Mosley is going to be the long-term answer at linebacker. And if Micah Parsons, I mean, his pro day numbers were ludicrous and he's been considered a top 10 pick, for a while. So I think he is one of the guys that there's a chance he could slide a little bit, but the talent is just off the charts. I think that he can be a long-term starter for the jets. The Pittsburgh Steelers Thor have uh, 50 seconds left. So feel free to comment on the Parsons pick, but don't forget to make your pick. Uh, yeah. P- Parsons pick is interesting. I, I do think he's going to fall. Obviously he has some, uh, he has some character uh, concerns. People should look into that story. It's a, it's a weird one um, that in, included allegations of James Franklin trying to cover up a hazing thing and and harassment and and stuff like this. Um, anyway, that because of that stuff, I, I do think he's gonna he's gonna fall a little bit. But I mean, you're talking about the guy who's clearly the best linebacker in, in college football to 2019 and just tested like a banshee. Uh, last week, you know, he ran like the four three nine or whatever. So I doubt he's going to fall out of the first round. As far as the Steelers, um, quarterback and cornerback are two uh, areas of need, but I don't see anyone that we can take at those positions right now comfortably. And so offensive line, I think, is what it becomes. I'm going to take Jalen Mayfield, which is more because that's I'm picking for them. He probably wouldn't be my pick, but I, I think they would be attracted to him. And Mayfield can play, you know, he, he played tackle in college. Um, he's being projected by some, including myself, to play guard in the NFL. Well, the Steelers need both. So so Mayfield's a guy that can go to camp. You can see if he can become, you know, a guy that can then hold down right tackle or whatever. And if not, you can kick him inside. But he's an awesome run blocker. And that's, that's what they're going to like a lot there. He's an athletic kid, just really, really good run blocker. There's some things that he needs to polish off in pass protection. But if he's not on the edge, a, a lot of his issues, uh, you know, in, in terms of the pass rush came specifically because he was on the edge. The, his issues will become extremely mitigated once you move him inside, at least with regards to that, because I actually think he projects as a good pass blocking uh, guard. So I, I, th- I think he would make a lot of sense for the Steelers here because of their needs. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Life is a highway. 
and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one McCrispy, so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. If a friend asks how you're doing, and you say, I'm okay. When the truth is, I don't want my problems to burden anyone. Or you say, Hang it in there. Because if I ask for help, they'll just think I'm weak. Then this is your sign to call, text, or chat. 988 for free, confidential support. Anytime. You don't have to hide how you feel. All right, just a quick reminder, we're, we're 24 picks into this first round, eight more to go. Our premium product subscriptions at NBC Sports Edge cover all sports. So right now, you can still get access to NBA, NHL, college basketball, and MLB premium products with the baseball draft guide now available. So for 10% off any subscription, enter the promo code GOOD10. Quickly resetting as the clock is going to start on Hayden and the Jaguars making their second pick of this first round at 25. Uh, we had Tevin Jenkins to the Raiders at 17. Quidipay to the Dolphins at 18. Rashad Bateman to the Washington football team. Elijah Vera Tucker to the Bears. Jalen Phillips to the Colts. Terrace Marshall Jr. to the Titans. Micah Parsons to the Jets. And Jalen Mayfield to the Steelers. So the Jags now have about a minute left, Hayden. Yeah, so I think this is the the zone where you're going to see a lot of offensive tackles go, and there's still not that much consensus between them all. I'm going to go with left tackle Samuel Cosme, and the reason why I like him with the Jaguars is they have Cam Robinson under contract, but just for the franchise tag. And, I mean, Urban Meyer has no connections to Cam Robinson, and I, I do think that Urban Meyer is going to like the Power 5 guys with a lot of experience. I would be pretty surprised if they don't try to fortify the offensive line for Trevor Lawrence, even though they are returning all five of their starters, they need some more competition. And I think that caused me the, the best available tackle Thor, The Browns are on the clock at 26. So uh, take us through your thinking there. And, and if you have a, a Cosme, a Cosme comment, feel free. Yeah. Cosme and, uh, and Dylan Radens and a, a couple kids like that. Those are guys that you're going to be looking at potentially late first round. If they don't go there, they're going to go really early on Friday night. So I, I think that makes a lot of sense. Um, you know, again, there's, there's depth in that tackle class. So teams that need tackles are going to be able to take advantage of that late first, early second. Um, as far as Cleveland, this is, this is actually a very easy pick for us. We're going to take Gregory Rousseau, the edge rusher from, from Miami. Um, we talked earlier about, you know, in this edge class, there's, you know, three, four, maybe even five kids that people can argue about you know if who's number one or whatever Gregory Rousseau uh, remains number one on on some boards and you know he was the guy in the preseason etc he he opted out this past season so we didn't get to see him the one season as a starter that he had he was pretty dominant um the, the stats were ludicrous um and obviously he's a very very well-built kid you know he's stretched out and he's also muscled up Cleveland needs an edge rusher and at this point um you know once Russo goes off the board you know we we have Agilari's already off the board Quiddy Pay is off the board Jalen Phillips um now you're going to start to see a, a drop in that edge class and the Browns with an acute edge need um this is a thing where the need matches the the team so we're going to take Russo yeah the one weird thing about the the Browns is they basically only rushed with four they were 30th in blitz rate last year and you can get away with that with Miles Garrett but he needs another guy. I mean, if Miles Garrett ever misses some time, the Browns are just so – I mean, they have no shot at creating any pressure right now. And they, they've tried. They signed Tack McKinley, 
but he's been a bust. Maybe it's just a change of scenery thing. They've gone after Clowney, but that's still up in the air. So, yeah, I think that they're going to be targeting an edge rusher, perhaps a defensive tackle as well. Pick 27 is the Baltimore Ravens. One minute left for Baltimore. Are we? Are, are you leaning toward offense or defense with this pick, Hayden? Well, it's either receiver, offensive line, or edge rusher. And I think that edge rusher is actually the biggest need on the Ravens, especially if you can try to figure out which receiver you want on day two. Um, obviously, they just added Sammy Watkins, so that kind of holds down the fort for a second. But I'm going to go Jason Owe. A second. And, yeah. <laughs> for a second. For a second. <laughs> literal second. But, yeah, Jason Owe, I mean, he basically broke my adjusted spark model with his pro day numbers. I mean, we're talking about one of the rarest athletes. He had no sacks, though. Um, he still tests pretty well in my models because I weight tackles for loss as way more predictive than sacks going into the NFL, which is kind of backwards. You wouldn't think that tackles for loss for edge rushers is more predictive than sacks, but that's what the case is. And Jason always, his tackles for loss numbers per game were not so bad. He just was not finishing off the sacks. And his athleticism is off the charts. I think that he's probably going to go right in the late round one, early round two. And I wouldn't be surprised if some team like the Ravens are like, all right, we can coach him up. He's new to the game. We'll just bank on his athleticism that he's going to be a perfect fit. Thor, you're on the clock for the Saints. A couple edge rushers in a row have gone here. Where's New Orleans headed? So I'm going to go back to to quarterback. Uh or I'm sorry, to wide receiver, not the quarterback. Sorry, sorry. I'll say which one. You really? Yeah, no, no. I, oh, headline, headline. Yeah, no. The, the, the you know the, the Saints could be looking at an edge rusher too, but we we just had a run on them. Uh, I don't think there's there's not a guy here that we want. Uh, we're going to take Elijah Moore, uh, the receiver from Mississippi. There's a couple different directions you could go here, but to me, Moore is the best, and he's by far the most reliable. He's a really really hard kid to stay with in coverage. He's really reliable. Um, his hands. Uh, brings things down, um, you know, not the biggest catch radius because he's a smaller kid, but anything that's around him, he's going to catch the ball. Um, and he competes. He's one of those uh, sort of spark plug guys that gets his teammates going. Mississippi was badly outgunned in in numerous of their games this season. And so like Elijah Moore and Kenny Yaboa would, you know, in some games would, would just sort of have to take on the other team by themselves. One of the best examples of this, you know, you want to watch Elijah Moore turn on the Alabama game where, you know, where him and him and Yaboa were just going at Alabama both put up big numbers. I, I I think Elijah Moore to me is a late first round player. I don't know if where he ends up uh, falling, but New Orleans needing the receiver. I think he does more for your offense than Kadarius Tony, who needs manufactured touches. So I'm going to, I'm going to go with him. Yeah. I, I, I like Elijah more than all the other slot types in this range. Maybe, maybe Rondell Moore is kind of in this, the same discussion, but I like, I like those two over Tony, but I think they're all going to be drafted very similarly in this like, late round one, probably round two discussions. I'm in it left for the Packers, Hayden. They wouldn't dare draft a pass catcher for Aaron Rodgers, would they, at this spot? No, no, no. I'm not crazy. They would never (laughs) try to help Aaron Rodgers. I'm going to go off-ball linebacker, and this has been a problem for the Packers for a while now. And They just released Christian Kirksey, and last year the Packers had the lowest neutral pass rate against, which means that teams were opting to run the ball against the Packers more than any other team in in, in the NFL. They just can't stop the run. And the linebacker is, is a big uh, part of that. And there's a bunch of guys kind of this off-ball linebacker. Jeremiah Wusukoromoa is probably the guy I'm going to take here. He's super athletic. And I think they can just coach him up. And they just need somebody to run around and make some tackles because they cannot stop the run. They haven't been able to stop the run 
for years. They got rid of uh, their defensive coordinator, Petten, which might help here just that alone. Um, but I think that off-ball linebacker, outside corner, slot corner, those are going to be the team needs along with outside receiver. But I think they, I think they have enough just with Devontae Adams and Tanyan and Aaron Jones that they can kind of probably wait till day two. And they really need an off-ball linebacker. All right, Owusu Koromoa to the Packers, and that puts Thor and the Buffalo Bills on the clock at pick number thirty. So you guys remember, like the Chiefs, they they took the running back at the end of uh, round one. I could see. The Bills doing something similar here. There, there's been no running back taken yet. You could have your your pick of the bunch. Um, since I'm the one making the pick, I'm going to take my favorite one. I'm going to take Javante Williams, who I think would be an absolutely perfect fit on this offense. And he's also a, a kid. He's a better version of a running back type that I already know that the Bills like. Uh, the last couple drafts they've taken, uh, Devin Singletary and Zach Moss, those were kids in their seasons that led the nation in broken tackles. The Javante Williams snapped every broken tackle record uh, this season in less games and obviously just destroyed the the broken tackles per attempt thing. Um, so he's, I, I know that he's the Bills' type. And I know that getting a, a really, really good starting running back in there next next to Allen could elevate that offense in a way that taking some other positions may not. Um, so even though you know I'm, I'm generally not a proponent of, of round one running backs, I think at this point, you know, getting your pick of the litter, um, I think the juice is worth the squeeze here for Buffalo. So I'm going to take Javante Williams. That would be a nightmare situation for fantasy. I can imagine all the Devin Singletary and Zach Moss. Truth, truthers if this happened i mean i, I think you like he's you know and, and some guys were nicked up but i thought you think you saw like at the end of the season and going into the playoffs like they just don't trust their running backs very true yeah I, like for that offense to become fully formed again i think they're actually going to need a dude in there um that you know that's going to play like because you just saw when they had to go to the one guy they can't figure it out unless it's mixing and matching and even then it doesn't seem like they're super comfortable with it the, the idea in theory because i liked both singletary and moss it it should be fine in theory you know to sort of combine them into into one guy that's that's better than some of their parts but i i just i, I don't know that it's gonna work and i don't know that they're as high on those those guys as maybe you know they were coming out of college also a nightmare scenario for Hayden, and you have about 30 seconds left as the Chiefs. For uh, those of us, anyone who who roots for a team that desperately needs a running back, like I'm a Falcons fan, and kind of fingers crossed that they might get Javante you know, after that point. But uh, that would be a bummer if uh, if NFL teams are on to him that early. Hey, I mean, they have the pick. They have the fourth pick overall if you really want to lock in that running back. <laughs> <laughs> a power move. That would be a power move. Uh, all right, Hayden, do you have the pick in for the Chiefs? Yeah, I mean, they kind of put themselves in this position where they have to go offensive line or corner. Their cornerback depth chart is really bad, too. Like, obviously, the offensive line is getting all the attention in Kansas City. They don't have any outside corners right now. I mean, it's it's pretty bad. So um, I'm looking at Greg Newsom, but I'm going to go and protect Patrick Mahomes. I'm going to go with Alex Leatherwood, who I think you can try at left tackle to start. If he doesn't work there, then you can move him inside, and then him and Tooney can be Mahomes' uh, – interior offensive line for the future but the Chiefs just have they since they missed on Trent Williams and the basically the the left tackle class of free agency wasn't very good after that they're kind of just pigeonholed here because they need they arguably need two tackles here because the right side is is between Lucas Niang who opted out had a bunch of injuries and then Mike Remmers who that's not, that's not a good option either so um, I think they're going to go offensive line here but but don't overlook corner too. the cornerback depth chart is really bad too 
if nothing else, Hayden, you got tremendous value on a great football name there, Leatherwood. That, that in and of itself makes the pick worth it. Thor, last pick of the first round, last pick of our mock draft here, the Super Bowl champion Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Who do you got? Yeah, so you know, last year you guys remember in the draft, Tampa Bay they needed a, a tackle just desperately bad, and there was four tackles, you know, in, in the first round, and one of them fell to you know four studs, and one of the studs fell to him in Werfs. And then in the second round, uh, the guy that I thought was the number one safety in the class, he fell right into their laps too, Antoine Winfield. If this scenario that, that we just did plays out, they might come to see it as a very similar thing because what they need is an interior defensive lineman. Um, in this scenario, the best one in the draft has fallen to them, Christian Barmore. It's not a great interior defense. In, in fact, it's, it's a pretty poor t- interior defensive uh, line class. But if you're going to get one of them, Barmore is the one to get. He He's the one that has the staying power and the potential potential star potential uh, you don't see it all the time it, it comes and goes unfortunately um, but one cool thing was that it, it came during the college football playoff like down the stretch he was awesome it, it was so disruptive um, he's a kid that like he's he's really well built he has really long arms you know so he can keep distance control the offensive lineman etc um, and he, he can also get really low you know he's a low explosive kid so he's constantly winning the leverage game um, and he's also able to get inside of offensive linemen's reaches um, and sort of breach that and get into their pads. Once he, you know, starts playing more consistently, you could see a guy that that jumps off. And that's what we started to see again at the very end of the season there. Like you sort of saw that with um, Chase on during uh, uh, LSU's uh, run to the title, like Chase on, he didn't take off until like halfway through that season. And then he just like through the playoff was, was playing awesome. Um, and that's, you know, again, with with Barmore, I, I, I like to see him elevating the game there at the end for a guy that there were some consistency issues in college, but the toolbox is really, really good. All right, quickly resetting those last eight picks. You had Samuel Cosme to Jacksonville, Gregory Rousseau to Cleveland, Jason Owe to Baltimore, Elijah Moore to the Saints, Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa to Green Bay, Javante Williams to the Buffalo Bills, Alex Leatherwood to the Chiefs, and Christian Barmore to the Bucks. Quickly before we get out of here, uh, guys, surprised anyone's still on the board? We'll start with you, Hayden. Yeah, I'm just looking at grinding the mocks to make sure because like, I mean, after your biggest fear, you do a mock draft and like all of a sudden, like the 13th player overall just like <laughs> kind of slipped through the cracks. I'm not noticing sure. any of that of the positions. It's like a linebacker might have fallen, a strong safety, the kid from TCU. I mean, he might go round one. Najee Harris is another person, but yeah, I think we hit on all of the positions of need, and I also think that we put a a little bit of a um. I don't know, an emphasis on on the the primary positions, edge rusher, offensive tackle at the bottom of the first round over some of the positions that you can probably find on day two. Yeah, it's like, oh, uh, we forgot to draft Kyle Pitts. Let's, <laughs> yeah, let's do this thing over. <laughs> Thor, are you surprised to see anyone still available at this point? I don't think there's any shocks, uh, but certainly there's guys that that have the potential of going in the first round. Hay- Hayden mentioned Najee Harris. Travis Etienne also didn't go in our exercise. Kadarius Tony, who I mentioned before, is a potential first rounder. Uh, Zaven Collins is a guy who very well could could end up in the first round. Yeah. Tulsa linebacker. Uh, Dylan Radens is a guy for the North Dakota State tackle that I think is a first rounder. Um, but you know, we mentioned before he's sort of right on that line. Uh, Rondale Moore probably won't go in in the first round, but he's you know he's probably going to go early on on Friday night uh pat freermuth is or fryer I, I never say that they right but he's he's another kid that didn't go there and obviously all the interior defensive linemen pass uh barmore are still available etc so there's some still some pretty solid guys on the board but i don't think we you know I, I don't think there was any obvious omissions uh all right that's gonna do it uh anything to promote before we get out of here hayden you first 
Yeah, team needs. I'm going through all these. I'm providing some prospect fits. So if we did happen to forget somebody after being asked, if we forgot to uh, hit on somebody, <laughs> I'll have that on the team needs. <laughs> um, I really hope we didn't forget anyone. I don't think we did. So uh, I'm I'm motoring through my uh, prospect ranking series. Offensive tackle was last week, and interior offensive line uh, was this week. And next week I'm uh, ha- have linebackers coming out. So, uh, and then we're going to be getting into the you know the the big boards and the in the mock drafts and and all that sort of stuff. So super excited about that. Come check it out. I'd like to promote the apology that we're going to write up for the blatant glaring omission that we did not include in our mock draft. <laughs> At least, please, Nick, and not be one of the five quarterbacks. <laughs> well, I'm happy we didn't have Tony in there. Like some of these guys, I don't, I don't mind that we didn't have him in there. All right, you can follow them on Twitter at Thorku at Hayden Winks. Hayden Thor, thank you guys. Thanks to all of you for listening. We will talk to you soon. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour.